Hey everyone, quick update. The next two episodes go hand in hand and will focus on Awesome Inc.'s fellowship program. Keith McBun, the fellowship director, is going to talk about his role and what exactly the fellowship is, as well as how we serve companies across the state while sharing his insight into the entrepreneurial world. And, saving the best for last, how his son was named after a pitch contest. Part two will identify why you need to know your story as a startup. And you will actually hear from the founder of the fellowship's newest company, Smart Rotation. Awesome Inc. presents the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame, a show that highlights how people throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky pursue their definition of awesome through entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. My man, Keith McMunn, so glad that you can join me here today. Thanks for having me. Upstairs in our conference room, so it's a good time. So yeah, I want to go ahead and dive on in to what you do specifically at Awesome Inc. Because you have one of the most important and unique roles with how you reach out and help people in our company and also around the state. So first, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit better. So how did you end up at Awesome Inc.? And kind of what's your background story? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania before taking a little pit stop down in Pitt County, North Carolina. I went to East Carolina University for my freshman year of college before transferring to the University of Kentucky, where I studied accounting. Um, Funny kind of backstory on that is I only studied accounting because I had the opportunity to get a job at an accounting firm out of college. And the deal was, Keith, you've got to study accounting to work here. And so I did that. Um, in hindsight, I hated every minute of studying accounting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, can't, I think it was kind of just a product of that 2008 bubble burst. And I thought um, I was kind of going into college believing that if you can get a job at all, whether it's cleaning toilets, then you're lucky. So I was like, well, I've got an in in an accounting firm. I'm going to study accounting, and that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, but uh, yeah, so I studied accounting, graduated from the University of Kentucky in 2013, and um, and yeah, kind of just a crazy twist of events in my life. I decided that I wanted a little bit more risk. So what I did was I gave that accounting firm a quick phone call, said, "Hey, appreciate the opportunity." Instead, I'm going to work for a nonprofit ministry and fundraise a salary for a couple of years instead. So I did that. That was a lot of fun interacting with college students and hosting events. I think that's where I got my bug of just wanting to do innovative things that were fun, spontaneous, uh, people-oriented. So I did that for three and a half years uh, in addition to fundraising both for my own salary but also for a new building for that organization. Um, as that time was kind of just coming to a close though, I could just feel that I wanted to do something differently. Um, I had heard that there was an opportunity to work at Awesome Inc., which was notoriously kind of an innovative hub in Lexington, uh, helping startup companies and tech enthusiasts. Um, so I applied, I got, um, as many mutual connections that I knew that I had between me and Awesome Inc. uh, to give me a good referral. And I landed the opportunity to be the fellowship director at Awesome Inc., Uh, I guess back in 2015, no, 2016. I'm losing track now. It was in November of 2016. It was, yeah, because that was when I was still a part of your small group at CSF. Yeah, so we, yeah, yeah, Garrett, you and I go way back. We do, to the fall of 2014. Man, where's time time flies? We're old. 
man, five years. Okay, well, sweet. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's good to hear the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you hit at it a second ago, and I want to revisit that. So before you hear anything else about your role as a fellowship director, uh, can you share if you've ever had like the proverbial you know, entrepreneurial bug or the, the fix or the itch to start something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whether or not I whether I not whether or not I called it an entrepreneurial bug or not, I've always been a problem solver. I've always been uh, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing about my personality. I have always been able to see what is wrong in a situation, which obviously my wife hates. Um, so, yeah, so I can walk into a room and immediately be able to tell what is just wrong or what could be improved. Uh, I like to think of that as a strength. Uh, or a power that with great responsibility, with great power comes with great responsibility to kind of hone that in and not annoy the crap out of people. That's true. But, uh, but yeah, I've always had this kind of knack for seeing problems that maybe other people didn't see or being able to think of ways that it could be solved, um, maybe that other folks couldn't see. And so I think that was made, I think I've always just kind of had that knack, uh, which translates pretty well because that's what entrepreneurs are. Mm-hmm. They are problem solvers. They, they see opportunity when when other people just see a sad situation. They see opportunity, and I think I've kind of had that. So um, that was that's a little thing in me that I think maybe almost kind of qualified me to to be a part of the awesome team. Is that a uh, the mayor beeping you to come to the rescue? Yeah, he needs me all the time. It's yeah, gotcha. Annoying. Well, Keith, I uh, I love hearing that because that is very much how your personality is naturally. And I want you to know I did my homework. And I know that you at least attempted to start a company, and I would love for you to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of guys and I started a company called YU. Uh, this was a spin out out of a startup weekend several years ago. And the idea, um, well, here's, here's the problem. The problem was that getting your oil changed in your car was a really annoying thing to have to do. Mm-hmm. It's annoying to have to track every 5,000 miles or 10,000 or 3,000. I mean, that's... That right there is part of the issue. Nobody really agrees on how often you have to do it. Uh, it's annoying to have to track it. And then maybe most annoyingly, you have to go and trust people who are hard to trust to get under the hood of your car or underneath your car and, and drain out your oil. And it's also just not a, uh, it's not a very difficult task, actually, to change oil. So a couple of guys and I, we wanted to solve that problem by essentially offering people to be able to get an oil change while they're out. So YU is based on the words, while you're out oil. Uh, So the idea was essentially that you can request a technician to come to your car, whether it's parked in your driveway or the mall parking lot, and they would change your oil while you're in the store shopping. Um, The app would give you reminders of when it needs to happen, updates on kind of other maybe fluids in the car that need to be checked, Uh, but it would be hopefully kind of the first um, honest, well, not first honest, but one of the few honest resources that people have to get some uh, some general updates done on their car. Gotcha. And I, I want to touch on this quickly. Uh, you said the word honest. Can you talk about why you think that your, your app might have been one of the few things with, with cart maintenance, at least? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that so whenever you're solving a problem, whether it's an oil change issue or anything else, one of the things that people just desire, uh, I think maybe just within us naturally, we're designed to, wa- I mean, we want to feel secure. We want to feel like we're working with people that are honest and trustworthy. Uh, so that was part of the goal. Um, so there was going to be, there were going to be some just uh, 
I guess, integrity checks or checks and balances within it that, um, like we were talking about, in, I don't know, enabling uh, the technician to do like update photos every few like minutes of working under the car. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you can, people want to work with people that they trust. And if that means it's an app that I trust or a technician that I trust or a coworker, that's, that's what we wanted to, to work off of. Yeah, so thanks for all that background. That's that's good to know a little more of the uh, the personal and business side of Keith McMunn. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of business, uh, you know, we heard in the introductory episode to this podcast that you are the fellowship director. We said it earlier today. But for most of us, we just hear that as some fancy title that you run the ship around here. Mm-hmm. So would you mind giving us the three-minute elevator pitch of what you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three-minute ele- elevator pitch of the fellowship program at Austin Inc., uh, essentially, it's so it's structured as a nonprofit, and that's important to know because that kind of keeps us, I mean, in the same vein of what we were discussing, that keeps us as somebody that startup companies can trust. Gotcha. So, so we fundraise the budget for this program that directly assists startup companies from Kentucky. Um, so we work with eight different startup companies that are Kentucky-based every year. Uh, we fundraise the budget that we uh, directly take those resources and we employ them by... Um, by taking technical talent like design, video, and development, um, and we have we have in-house developers, videographers, designers at Awesome Inc. That then um, they will work directly with startup companies, essentially becoming a part of their team for a year while the team is while the company is in the program. Um, so we have uh, we have to honor the resources that are fundraised. So uh, our success. Uh, is very much built on the success of the companies. And if companies are successful, hopefully with our help, then those that support the program are going to think that and believe uh, rightfully so that they are investing in something that is worthwhile for the state. Um, so I am kind of the program manager of that program. Um, I, I work very closely with the tech talent. Uh, I make agreements with law firms and accounting firms in the area to, to provide free resources to companies. Uh, I make introductions between mentors, advisors, and investors and startup companies. Um, So it's a lot of fun to date. um, We've worked with 39 companies since 2014. Wow. Yeah. Um, And the quality of those companies has steadily increased over those five years, um, which is an indicator that whatever whatever whoever is doing in the startup community is working, uh, and we sincerely believe that it's us in the fellowship program. Love that. So, yeah, you talked about talent increasing and the quality of companies increasing. Do you think that you guys, or I should say you guys, that we are refining the system with which we onboard companies that we accept and the specific companies that we look for? Yeah. I mean, in the early years, it was very much, uh, hey, we've got resources that we want to give to startup companies. Will you sign up for our program and go through it? And companies would be like, okay, I guess. Now it's very much, um, and this is a, a success indicator, I think, but companies are now coming to us applying, um, and they have been for a few years. So there is a shift but between, um, hey, will you please work with us, to, hey, can we, uh, companies asking that question to us rather than the other way around. Um, yeah, so we, we recruit, we love word of mouth. Typically, uh, we believe that game recognize game. And so when we work with fellowship companies, we tend to ask them, well, who, who are some other startup companies that you think would benefit from our program that you think have founders that are hustling hard enough that are um, even putting themselves into positions where they have to thrive? So they've gone full time on their, on, their, uh, on their company 
and they can't just have the luxury of banking on a day job. So yeah, certainly the, the quality of the companies and the talent has skyrocketed. Sweet, yeah, that's, that's super good to hear. And it's been awesome to see that take place around us. What would you say is the hardest aspect of your job? But then on another note, what is the most rewarding part for you? Yeah, man, that's a great question. I think the honest, the very honest answer, the hardest part about my job is, is becoming acquainted enough with eight different startup companies over the course of a year being in different industries. They're all tech focused, but they're in different industries. Could you speak into that? Real yeah, quickly? I mean, so being in Kentucky, we've got a few companies that are in equine, which being some kid from Pennsylvania, I had I had never watched a horse race until I came to the <laughs> University of Kentucky. Um, so we'll have companies that work in equine. Um, we've had a company that was working on technology that helps recognize uh, gunshots sounds for police officers' safety. Um, and so I was, you know, so in one month, I'm meeting with eight different companies, and, and that's an important detail. I meet with every every company once per month. So I have eight, okay. I have eight meetings with eight different uh, tech companies every month working in different industries, and I have to familiarize myself with what not only they do, but what the industry trends are. Yeah. So keeping track of all that is pretty difficult. Uh, the most rewarding thing about my job, though, is certainly um, seeing the success of, of entrepreneurs. Uh, so these startup founders are really, they're taking huge risks in their personal lives, um, straining their own personal resources and probably their relationships uh, that are important to them so that they can provide something new and fresh to consumers. And so whenever I get to see them thrive, and hopefully I'd love, I love making a connection that is valuable. Um, so some of the best, you know, some of the best Slack messages that I get are, hey, thanks for introducing me to this person. They are definitely gonna take my company to the next level. That's right. Thanks for introducing me to this grant opportunity of non-diluted funds. It's gonna go a long way for us. Um, those are the most rewarding parts of the, of the job for sure. Yeah, thanks. That's that's awesome to hear. And I know being pretty close to you with what we do on a day-to-day -day basis that you always talk about the companies and how they're progressing and keeping in touch. So that's sweet to hear. And hopefully some people can who listen will uh, know that you're talking about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since you, we're still on the fellowship, what are some impressive milestones or metrics that the fellowship has achieved since its start in 2014? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the most significant metrics that we track as indicators of success to our stakeholders are number of jobs created okay. and amount of outside investment raised by companies. Um, so to date, actually, this is really exciting. Uh, we recently surpassed 200 jobs created by fellowship companies. So 39 companies in the last, since 2014 have created just over 200 jobs that did not exist in Kentucky prior to 2014. Um, so that's a big one. That's that's huge because that's not just that's not just a job. Those are not just jobs, but those are well-beings of families. Um, so that's huge, and we're really proud of that. Um, also exciting is outside investment raised is now uh, I believe just north of twenty-six million dollars. Which if you had if you had if you had told us probably back in two thousand thirteen, hey, do you think before twenty twenty you'll celebrate over twenty-five million dollars of outside investment raised? in Kentucky, yeah, probably would have had a hard time believing that. Um, just because deal flow is a little bit slow in Kentucky, uh, there tends to be some slow moving money here. 
But uh, people are catching on to the fact that a lot of innovation is definitely coming out of Kentucky that's worth investing in. So investors are, are reaching into their pockets a little bit more liberally these days. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And speaking uh, to the number of companies, I know that has been pretty significant for us. Uh, we we want to hit 40 just because we do, you know, 80 a year. So what are maybe some of the highlights from some of the companies that you've worked with in terms of like people you click well with or that have actually made you better at what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, that's a, that's a cool question. I appreciate that. What are some of the experiences from companies that have been like favorable? Is that, is that kind of it? Yeah, that's a great way to say it. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, well, so in general, like I, I definitely let people know, uh, I let founders of companies know that if you're going to start in the fellowship program a whole year that we're going to work together, you're going to get out what you put in. And so, um, and we have certainly seen that come to life in both directions. So there have been companies that, to be honest with, like at the end of the year, we kind of think, man, we should have given your spot to somebody else who is going to work harder, who is going to kind of reach out for resources a little bit more frequently. Um, but then on the flip side, we have absolutely seen some amazing progress from companies that put in a lot and they get out a lot. Yeah. Um, my favorite companies to work with are going to be vocal leaders of companies, vocal founders that um, that speak honestly about the issues that they're facing, about the struggles, uh, that engage in conversations with other fellowship companies. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I would say I'd say companies that put in a lot and uh, and they can expect to get a lot in return. That's good to hear. All right, Keith, the real question, why Kentucky of all places? Yeah, uh, I think this is my favorite question to answer just because I am full of hope for, for Kentucky. Uh, so I sincerely believe, I sincerely believe the reports that I see that indicate that the coasts are losing their sex appeal. So <laughs> that's a good way to say it. Yeah. So, uh, the coasts have primarily been where you want to, where you want to move to, to innovate and to be surrounded by a startup community that can help you get to the next level. Um, but certainly in 2019 and, and, and ahead of us, um, yeah, absolutely. You can find amazing startup communities and resources, especially in the Midwest these days. And I believe that Kentucky is to be one of the greatest places to find to find and found a company um, moving forward. So there are great startup communities, particularly uh, not just here in Lexington, but in Cincinnati and Louisville. Um, so I think now is the wrong time to move away from Kentucky. I think it's the right time to move to Kentucky. The cost of living here is generous. That way, if you're the founder of a startup company and you want to build um, kind of your own legacy, buying a home or, or having a more affordable living circumstances than in San Francisco, let's say, I think, uh, I think this is a good opportunity to, to kind of headquarter here. So let's get a little personal. What is the one thing, or maybe what are the few things that are keeping you here? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, this relates to my previous answer of just that uh, now's the wrong time to move away from Kentucky. Uh, there have, there are certainly temptations. I mean, there are shiny, shiny startup communities in other areas of the country, um, but I want to be a part of something that is in progress. Um, and right now, Kentucky is not just in progress, but it's got momentum, momentum that's building pretty quickly. Uh, so now's the right time to kind of jump on that train 
and uh, and stay here. I love what Kentucky offers um, just in general. I mean, my wife and my child, we live here um, and we love what kind of the community is provided here, specifically in Lexington, the offerings of around the state, just all the outdoorsy type um, activities that you can do. So yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky is the best, man. Sweet. And then, you know, you, you brought him up, so I want to revisit it. So you brought up Wells. Uh, for those who don't know, Keith, he's a, a new a dad to a newborn baby. Uh, well, I guess a few months old now. Three months. Three yeah. months. And I want you to hate real quickly about how the Lexington entrepreneurial community <laughs> played, uh, just played a part in how you guys came to name your baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, so we, uh, so Melody and I welcomed Wells into the world December 15th of 2018. Uh, what's important to know is that I hosted the five across finals on December 6th, uh, which this is our pitch competition that we host in Lexington every other month. And the five winners throughout the year compete against each other in December in the finals uh, for a $5,000 grand prize. And so, uh, so being nine days uh, before the due date of our child, um, we did not know what we were going to name him. We had a few names on our list, yeah, but we didn't like, really know. Like any good parent. Like any good parent, we were totally unprepared for what we were going to call this person for the rest of his life. Uh, so Five Across Finals comes around. We hosted it in the Kentucky Theater in downtown Lexington. Over 200 people show up. One of the most energetic pitch atmospheres I've ever been a part of um, in any city. And I was glad to say that it was in Lexington. That's sweet. Yeah. So uh, when the judges were dismissed to deliberate on the the winner, I put, uh, I, I made an announcement to the audience. Audience, I've got a child coming in nine days. I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be able to be here tonight in case he came early. Um, but what I need to confess to you is that my wife and I, we don't know what we're going to call him. We've got four names that are on our list. Can we make an agreement? If I put them up on the screen and allow you to vote on on your favorite name, uh, will you will you all name him uh, for me? And so um, the crowd, yeah, the crowd like loved the opportunity. So the four names were Jude, Maxwell, Foster, and Maddox. And uh, so I put the four names up there and the audience, it was really funny. There was a lot of, there was a lot of excitement around this. People were like arguing with each other, like, no, you can't vote for that stupid name. Uh, like getting pretty intense about it. So anyways, after about 10 minutes of voting and as the judges returned to, to announce the victor of the pitch competition, um, it was revealed to me in front of everybody that our, the name of our child was to be Maxwell and uh, the second place name was Jude. So we named him Maxwell Jude. I like it. I like it. Sweet. Well, Keith, I, I'm super excited for everything that you continue to do. And I'm more excited for people to catch the rest of this conversation in the next episode. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Well, that's it. We want to say thank you again so much for checking out the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame podcast. Special thanks to Lee Rosevere for the music that you hear in the show and to Lexington's Awesome Inc. for hosting us from their space. Again, I'm Garrett Farbach. Make sure to check back and tune in next time. We'll see you then.